What's up, everybody? It's your guy, Sean Mars Marshall, and welcome to episode two of Down in the Den. Today's episode is 2011, entitled 2011. I'm going to be talking about some of my favorite stuff in entertainment from the year 2011. This is episode two in the nine-part series. We're going from 2010 to 2019, just going over some of the coolest stuff in the decade, some of my reviews, my opinions on some of the coolest stuff of the decade. Go back, check it out. Uh, Thanks for the feedback. Thank you for everyone that's uh, been listening. Please like, subscribe, and uh, with no hesitation, let's go ahead and uh, begin. Let's give you the goods. I know you want it, so let's get into it. Now, 2011, as far as movies are concerned, I'm going to be honest, had some pretty meh movies, in my opinion. 2010 was strong. 2011, not so much, but... With everything, the good and the bad, we had some pretty awesome ones as well. Uh, we saw the Battle of the Bald, big multicultural icons. We had Vin Diesel and Dwayne The Rock Johnson in Fast Five. Uh, this was by far my favorite Fast film. And, and with any uh, series, you always hear people say, this is the Empire Strikes Back of this franchise, which just basically means it's the best one of the franchise. And by far... Uh, I think we're, if you account, take into account the uh, spinoffs, we're in like 10 movies, maybe nine or 10 movies in the Fast Film franchise with a few more to come. But Fast Five was the pinnacle. It changed the tone of the movies from like dudes and Hondas with knots boosting DVD players to like a serious heist movie. And now I think we're going into outer space. It's, it's pretty much a full X-Men movie now, but Fast Five was still realistic to me. It was James Bond, uh, but it was still realistic where, hey, these guys are going to hunt it down by The Rock. You saw a very cool uh, battle scene, The Rock versus Vin Diesel. It was super awesome, man. Uh, it, it was big for both uh, of those guys. Rock and Vin Diesel really reinvigorated, I think, both of their careers. But uh, Fast Five was an awesome awesome movie that came out in 2011 um another honorable mention is chronicle which took the found footage genre and then married it to the superhero film genre and that's pretty much chronicle in a nutshell although i must admit it didn't really age well in 2011 it was pretty awesome because it really showed that just because someone got superpowers everyone isn't going to be uh, Peter Parker, and with great power comes great responsibility. Some people are just going to be bad, probably including myself if I was ever gifted with power. So it was just a really interesting concept. Didn't really age well, like I said, but uh, 2011, it was awesome. Uh, of course, you had the Academy of Favorites like Moneyball. You had MC entry, MCU entries like Thor and Captain America, The First Avenger, you had flops like Green Lantern on the DC front, um, which honestly had a good movie buried there. I don't think the casting was bad. I think the whole weird animated costume was a bad idea. I get where they were coming from. They wanted to make it look alien, but it uh, wasn't my favorite. But it, it was a good movie buried in there, but it, it just didn't come out right. But my favorite movie of 2011 was Matthew Vaughn's X-Men First Class. And to be honest, I didn't have much hope after X-Men The Last Stand, uh, which was just, oh boy. 
it, it it was really bad. But this movie, which was a soft reboot, really defied all of the expectations that I had going into the movie. It evolved from the Magneto Origins movie, but after the failure of Wolverine Origins, it pretty much just turned into a full-fledged X movie, and I loved it. The only flaw, in my opinion, is that they didn't go full reboot. They held on. Uh, you saw cameos from uh, Rebecca Romaine. I always want to say Rebecca Romaine Stamos, but Rebecca Romaine uh, as Mystique. You saw cameos from uh, Hugh Jackman as, as Wolverine, which it, it's always great. But by holding on to that old series, it became a cluster F as far as continuity is concerned. Uh, but looking at it as a standalone, if I look at it just in that respect, I really love the approach. And a uh, big shout out to the casting and team, Jeremy Rich, uh, Roger Macinnon, I think I'm saying that right, and Lucinda uh, Sison, because they really put together a stellar cast. Pretty much everyone that was cast in that movie would go on to become A-listers. Uh, Michael Fassbender, Jennifer Lo- uh, Fassbender, Fassbender, uh, Jennifer Lawrence. Um, I know I'm missing some people, but it it, it was great casting, uh, stellar cast, and, and great actors, great A-listers. And the basic formula, the basic plot is Michael Fassbender's Magneto goes on this revenge journey to kill Kevin Bacon's Klaus Schmidt, who later became Sebastian Shaw for the comic book fans, leader of the Hellfire Club. And uh, Sebastian Shaw, uh, Klaus Schmidt, Kevin Bacon's character, killed his mother when he was a child in Nazi Germany. And who doesn't love a movie where you see Nazis getting their comeuppance? Uh, Amazon has a Nazi Hunter series coming out. It's just, it feels good to the soul. For anybody with good to see a Nazi getting their uh, just desserts. And that's pretty much what's going on. Michael Fassbender's Magneto, it's smooth. Now, I liked it because he didn't really take anything from Ian McKellen's Magneto. You don't really see much of his mannerisms in there. You don't really see any of that. He really made the character his own. And uh, it, it was just awesome. And then on the other side of the coin, you see a walking, long-haired ladies' man, immature, irresponsible Charles Charles Xavier. And that's something I've never really seen uh, growing up in the, in, in the uh, 90s. My Charles Xavier was the 1992 X-Men series. He was stoic, he was serious. He wasn't about a love life or having ladies. He was just about leading his team and, and doing the right thing uh, to further his cause of human and mutant relations. But here... You see Charles Xavier as a professor and an expert on human mutation, mutation, using that knowledge to pick up girls. He's like, oh, your eye color. That's one of my favorite scenes in the movie, by the way. He's like, your eye color is a mutation. So you're a mutation, too. Let's go back to my place. Awesome. Only only a professor X could do that. So it, it was awesome. And then they joined forces with a secret task force with the CIA with uh, Moria McTaggart, you see her making her debut. Uh, I think they kind of wasted her character, especially when you see what's going on with her character in the comic book, but that's for another episode. But uh, it was just a really, really awesome movie. Um, 
it was a weird new origin what they decided to do for Jennifer Lawrence Mystique. They made her like the adopted sister of Charles X. Xavier, and to my knowledge, I've never seen anything like that in a comic book, never seen anything like that in any other iteration, but they decided to make her somewhat of a good guy and and Charles X. Xavier's adopted sister, which was kind of weird uh, for her origin, but, you know, overall, it works really well. Uh, a few X-Men die, you see how Charles ends up in a wheelchair, uh, it was a deflected bullet from Magneto, they stopped the Cuban Missile Crisis, everything is averted, the future seemed bright uh, for the world in uh, that series, as well as in the franchise. Unfortunately, after another really good um chapter with days of future past it went it made made you wish for the days of uh, last stand uh apocalypse was awful uh that uh apocalypse is one of my favorite characters in the comic books by the way so don't get me wrong i love his cool the strongest survive and i even like the actor uh who was cast as apocalypse who, who i can't recall his name but he's in all of the star wars movies but the effects were awful. It was 80s, just bad. And then Dark Phoenix just totally killed the series. Thank God for our, our, our Lord and Saviors at Disney who who purchased the franchise and now X-Men will be in the MCU and, and done proper. But uh, that, that was a, a really, really cool chapter in the X-Men history. And overall, more bad movies than good, I would say. But that was a high point, that along with Logan were a high point, in my opinion, in the X-Men series. Now, on the TV front, uh, 2011 was interesting, to say the least. Uh, you had Ryan Murphy's American Horror Story make his debut and come out, which uh, we saw a resurgence for, who would have thought, Jessica Lange. And I think she slayed, she killed uh, in that show. That was an awesome show. Black Mirror came out, which uh, the first couple of seasons, including Bandersnatch, were just awesome, but uh, you know, the last one with Miley Cyrus, whew, uh, I'm not going to talk about that, but Black Mirror came out, it was like a modern day Twilight Zone, which was really awesome, but my favorite show of 2011, by far, my favorite show to debut in 2011, which is still one of my favorite shows to the day, is Bob's Burgers, and I know last uh, episode we had a, another animated show, and it seems like uh, I only love animation, but there's some things in animation that you can do that you just can't really do in live action. And it's irreverent, it's funny, it's actually deep. Um, it, it's just a, a really great show, and it revolves around a family, the Belchers, Bob, Linda, and their three kids, uh, Tina, Jean, and Luis. And the show is it's just crazy. It's It started to, if you go do your Googles, there's a ton of fan theories out there about the show. I'm not going to get into those fan theories. Maybe that could be a topic for another episode. But it's just really funny and really heartwarming and deep. And I love the show. Uh, highly recommend it. It's my show of 2011. Uh, the characters are, are awesome. And my favorite character by far is the youngest daughter, Luis. She is your classic anti-hero in every sense of the word. She's a schemer. She's cynical, but she's super lovable. And uh, even though she she just doesn't listen, that she cons her family all the time. But the show is just a great character-driven comedy. Comedy, very well written, and it's definitely my show of 2011. 
And on the video game front, we saw the release of a, a ton of cool games. Uh, honorable mention, Batman Arkham, which was really awesome. I think it was the first game to truly make you feel like Batman. You truly felt like the Cape Crusader from the way that you sneak around in the dark, the way that you emit fear in uh, the people that you're fighting. The combat system was awesome. So I, I, I love that approach that they did with that game. So that's definitely an honorable mention. Uh, any year Mario Kart comes out, it's going to be on the list. Mario Kart holds such a special place in my heart. I remember my best friend and I going to the arcade and spending, and this is as an adult, going to the arcade and, and pretty much spending $100 on the Mario Kart machine, uh, buying a, a Nintendo 64, buying a Wii, buying a Nintendo, for one game, one game, Mario Kart. So uh, that that's an honorable mention, maybe 1A, 1B. Uh, but my 2011 game of the year definitely goes to Saint Row the Third, which if GTA is the Justin Timberlake of the gaming community, Saint Row is the JC. And I think I get six points for an sync reference in 2020. But it, it's the JC. It's maybe just as talented, but it's never going to get the same amount of respect, love, and record sales as the Justin Timberlake. But it's just a silly, fun, cool game that holds up today uh, in that open-world format that was so popularized by your Grand Theft Autos. Its replayability is awesome. The level of customization options are awesome very cool dlc great replayability and it's just weird the plot goes from the gang joining forces with like a corporation and now they're pretty much the pepsi cola of gangs which seems far-fetched in 2011 but i could probably see that happening uh, nowadays but it's just awesome and now if you're looking for hyper realist realism or a uh, plot that's going to tug at your heartstrings. This isn't the game for you. This is for the person that just want to sit back, turn their brain off, blow some stuff up, drive cool cars, jump off of buildings, but it's fun. And at the end of the day, that's what games are for. It's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be enjoyable. So, uh, yeah. That's my uh, 2011 in a nutshell. As I mentioned, it was kind of meh. Uh, not as nearly as cool as some of the things that were going on in 2010. But uh, that's my 2011. So thanks for listening. Click subscribe. Uh, this is going to be a short episode. Love you guys. Thanks for listening. And deuces.